Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR Network at UKS at the MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere to get podcasts for absolutely away for absolutely free 99. Leave those five-star reviews. Get them right on the air. I'll read mean things about me and my teams. Whoo, buddy. It's been a minute. Uh, first things first, mental health check. Relax your shoulders, unclench your jaw, take a deep breath. How are you doing? Take the time for yourself, guys. Uh, this is kind of as wild. I was on Jeff's podcast past the message like yesterday. It'll be out in a couple of weeks. And we we're talking about kind of the mental health aspect of all this because it's been a run, black people. It's been a summer. Um, we're recording this. 24, 36 hours after hearing about Chadwick Boseman. Um, obviously, unrest in the streets. We're talking about all this today. First and foremost, I want to welcome my guest for the day, Justin, Three Fist Podcast. What up, man? How's it going? How's it going? I appreciate the mental health checks at the beginning of each episode. I really do, because it, it, it was a reminder to me in this moment to actually relax my shoulders. <laughs> and let me tell you right now, it's a reminder to me when I say it. It is... Uh... <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me relax when I say it out loud, but yeah, man, how are you doing? Because it has been a wild two weeks. It has been a a wild two weeks. Um, I think I am better today than I was yesterday. And that's all you can um, ask. Yeah, that really is all you can ask. Uh, Jonathan out of the blue asked to watch Black Panther, so mm-hmm. that happened. Um, and... I find my coping mechanism through this has just been, I went back and reread um, Sam Wilson's eulogy to, or eulogy of James Rhodes. Mm. And I found a lot of parallels to like his message about James Rhodes and War Machine and what the, the symbol and the man meant to sort of paralleling what Chadwick meant to a lot of us, not just as a man, but a symbol and like the, the right. roles he portrayed and the symbolism in that. So. Yeah, that, that, that's Nick Spencer has somehow become my grief counselor through all of this. <laughs> so whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's been a time, and I'm glad we're able to come here. And if you're listening and get your mind off things for an hour, at least have someone else talk about it. Remind you, you're not crazy. I guess that's where we're gonna be here for the day. Uh, big news of the week in sports. It's funny because someone asked me, I was talking to my friends and I was kind of not selling the show, but they were like, oh, I'm not really into sports. I go, well, my sports show is different. It's not really about sports. I don't really do numbers and I know we'll get into some of those arguments, but it's honestly using sports as a lens to talk about the rest of the world. And he was, he's a smart dude. So he's like, oh, I kind of get that. And then weeks like this week happened. And I wonder why my show would be an anomaly. Because pretty clearly, all this shit's connected. If you didn't know, first of all, weird. Second of all, here we go. Um, in response to the, the Blake shooting in Kenosha, the Bucks didn't take the floor on Wednesday. Their intent was to go out and say, you know, in response to things that are happening just across this nation, we're just not going to play today. We're going to instead dedicate ourselves to, to, to finding out how we can help. And the thing about it was, it was interesting for me, was watching these young men step into their power in real time because it was not a unified front when we got to the arena. Here's how it's going to go. Some Bucks players warmed up. They thought they were going to play a basketball game. And the leadership of that team came forward and said, not going to be able to do it today. And they're willing to take the forfeit because, first of all, it's the fucking magic. I get it. To their credit, the magic did what would become kind of a pattern and said, now nah, the Bucks are right. We won't accept the forfeit. We also won't play. And there's been some sort of reconciliation on how this affects other teams. And I'm not here to get into that. I'll say this. Those gentlemen deciding to walk away is the bravest shit I've ever seen. And not because, would they, 
they broke for the record before the NBA co-opted and said, you know, we're taking the night off, whatever. In that wildcat strike, they broke the CBA. They broke it. What they risk? They risked everything. And for those of you who say, oh, this is a one-time action, a one-time thing, the Milwaukee Bucks have had a fraught relationship with their local policing for a very long time. I remind you, 2015, John Hinson, Now, one caller said that he was not a legitimate customer in a Wisconsin jewelry store. Sterling Brown, who recently rejected a $400,000 payout by the Milwaukee Police Department for his treatment at their hands. The shooting on camera. The action is not captured on camera. The action is not perpetrated upon a millionaire athlete. And as these players stepped into their power in real time, you saw that Giannis and the leadership of the team were reaching out to see who they could talk to at the AG's office. When they gave their statement to the press, they let Sterling Brown read it. These were thoughtful actions of men who, well, they don't know, cool. They, maybe they're not clear exactly what power they have yet. But they learned that day they had power. They learned that day that whatever you may think of them or how it's been portrayed in the media here or forevermore, on that day, the three teams with the best statistical odds to win this title were willing to leave. Has some ugly truths come out about that meeting? Yeah, Pat Bev's a piece of shit. We'll talk about that. But first, we're going to talk about these men stood. And the damning, the indictable part of it for this nation is that they should not have to. The onus of the victim is not to figure out how to stop being victimized. But for generations in this country, when dealing with matters as such, the question has always been, well, how do we repair the relationship between the community and policing? Disrespectfully, fuck that. The relationship is not frayed. There's a social contract protected to serve has been broken and not upheld by those charged with upholding it on a consistent basis. And a black league sat up and said, you do not get these black bodies until you reckon with those black bodies. And before we get into how everything shook out, I gotta ask you, Justin, when it hit you, how did it hit how did it hit you? Because I'm going to be honest, it hit me in a way I wasn't ready for. It hit me in a way because I knew it was coming next. I knew the, the minimizations and, and, and the whataboutisms were coming. And I was excited to watch these men figure out in real time. But I was more excited because I thought back to 1964. I thought back to that locker room before the All-Star game when they said, Either we're getting a pension plan to let you know what employment was like in 64. Either we get a pension or we don't go out. Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, the owner of the Lakers at the time, came and said, if you don't go out, you're going to fire you both. They didn't budge. And they took the floor with a pension. Am I overblowing it? Am I, am I making too much of it? Am I in my feelings because of my knowledge of sports history? I think all things, like all of those things can be true, right? Like the gravity of the moment, your knowledge of sports history, knowledge of labor history, and just the naked emotion of it all, they all go together, right? Like when I first heard this, I was hit with two things. One was, I'm glad they're doing it, but immediately I thought, 
I don't think they're going to get what they want because I've seen actions like this happen where they don't get what they want. Then I read the report about the Bucks saying, we'll take the forfeit. And I said, oh, wait a minute. This is different. <laughs> because like you said, they forfeit. The leverage that labor has in these situations, specifically sports leagues, is we'll hold the ad revenue hostage to get what we want. The Bucks were saying, we'll shoot the hostage to set an example. And we're going to keep shooting hostages. We do not guarantee the safety of the hostage. That was markedly different from anything that I can remember in my lifetime. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this won't. Maybe cynical Justin is wrong here. Maybe something will happen. And boy, did something happen. It's wild to me that it took this and, and, and I'm not minimizing what let's start with what they got so in the agreements to return to play um obviously uh committees were formed by a lot of things that are always happening but a direct action was teams who own and control their own stadiums work with local election officials to convert their facilities into a voting location that's insane to me that it took this because right. Justin, I've bitched and whined on this podcast numerous times about the cost of stadiums and how they're financially bad ideas for cities and why, but here, whatever. The idea that we would give them our tax money to build these leeches in our communities, and they already weren't being used for election sites, is insane. But the fact that the NBA players were able to get that commitment immediately one tells you one thing first of all it worked it worked tells you three things two Kyrie wasn't right i'm so sick look i am the one who defended Kyrie in boston and cleveland Kyrie wasn't right because these things don't happen you can't threaten to take away something you never gave them And the third thing we saw is that the rest of the world of sports follows the NBA in a way I wasn't sure about until it happened. WNBA, I'm not saying follow nobody. They were doing, no, no, no. I'm not including them in the domino effect. The NFL's canceling practices. Coaches are speaking out because guess what? They looked around and said, yo, my players, a lot of these guys are black fellas. And it's getting to the point, and we're in such a, a pressure cooker situation with COVID that people, when you take it to work, you can't hide it anymore, man. There's no, the mask slips too often. When baseball canceled games, I got real confused. Right. And Justin, when hockey said we're going to take a pause, and then people were saying, oh, they'll be cynical. And there's a, you should be cynical. They're doing because it, it was right. It was a, everyone's doing that. Cool. Guess what I am? A pragmatist. I don't give a shit why you do it. I just don't want you to do it anymore. So if it took a public shame for the NHL to act right, cool. I'm here for your actions. I don't give a shit if you think right and act wrong. Because nobody can read your mind, but everyone who's second-guessing this shit can look at your actions. And they can write it off as, you know, oh, they had to because they are the pressures, but they still did it. I'm not right, giving like them that, any points, that. but I'm not taking it away either. It's that impact versus intent conversation. Mm-hmm. And the impact of these actions in this instance is greater than the intent. Yes, a lot of this is naked public relations. Okay, and, it's still <laughs> happening, right? Like it's still yeah, happening with tangible how, results. King got his Nobel Prize. Coca-Cola board leaned on all the Atlantis police who wouldn't host the uh, gala. They're like, you guys are letting us look like terrible fucking people. You have to now, and they had to. Naomi Osaka said she would not play in her semifinal match, and you know what they did? They suspended the tournament. 
because ain't no way they were not about to have we want their people brightest to watch. star. And that's I talked about this a little bit on Jeff's podcast before Aaron a couple of weeks, passed the message. But it's the combination of the immediacy of, of culture is both killing us artistically, but in it's making us so much more effective through collective action. Because in another era, tennis probably could have just played the tournament and swept it under the rug. In another era, the NHL says not our fucking problem, which they did for a while here too. No credit given at all. But this era made them made them made them made them flinch. For years in business, broke equals woke. And the paradigm shifted. Ask Drew Brees. It shifted overnight for some people. And we'll see how long it sticks. I hope it sticks longer than I think it will. I have my suspicions. But you look at all this and the power of these of these of these of these bodies and the and the power of these abilities, and I cannot help but look to my beloved college football, and I weep. I weep because there are three of the big power five that are still playing games. I weep because there are kids who are trying to sue their conferences for not letting them play games. I can read. These schools are closing because they cannot keep the COVID cases under control. There were 100,000 people at, there were 1,000 people in Alabama with confirmed cases last week. If it's not safe for the children to be there, is it safe for the children to play football, even if they want to? Because want to is not good enough for children, guys. I was a child. I played on undiagnosed concussions. On the record, I've never had a concussion. Ever. My freshman year during our first physicals, our trainer said, how many times did you have stingers in high school? I looked at her, said, you mean a game? I laughed. She didn't. I then said, oh, I had about four in high school. And we left our lie at that. Children need to have people looking out for their best interests. I would direct everyone to look at Bomani Jones's wonderful piece in Variety this week. I He's one of those writers, when, when he really does it, Justin, it makes me want to take every keyboard I've got and throw it away. It is Spencer Hall does it a lot to me, too. Writing. Oh, I, 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 I just, Spencer Hall writing is amazing in a way that it doesn't feel like he's writing. Like, I'm just reading a stream of consciousness from his mind in his voice. <laughs> Bomani's writing it has all like it it's technically sound and cogent and it's just i'm like okay cool so why do i do this like why am i here there's a line in that piece where he says the road to damascus is littered with the bloody bodies this is the time that you decide to get right and i was just like man i and what and what kills me the most, what's so nakedly racist is we know the demographics of the people who play college football. And we know the demographics of people who are disproportionately affected by this disease. There's a football player at Georgia State here in Atlanta. He's 18 years old, a rising freshman at Georgia State who will not play a down this season. He's a quarterback from a local high school. He will not play a down because he has a heart-related ailment from COVID. How many dead kids are worth a fun Saturday? That's a real ass question that I've had to ask myself because and I decided this right before we recorded. I'm out. I will not yeah, get some all this year. There is no way to safely do this. Like I've been I've been on the edge of like, I'll just watch Georgia games or I'll just watch some Georgia games. I'm out. I'm done. Can't do it. D I can't do golf football. And I don't do know it. if I'll ever watch it again, honestly. I was cleaning around. 
I was cleaning what? up in the kitchen and Jonathan was flipping channels and he saw high school football. He was like, oh, it's high school football. And I'm like, okay, cool. ESPN is showing a rerun of high school football. <laughs> then they showed the sideline and everyone was in masks and it hit me. Oh my God, they're doing this today. Oh my God, they're doing this now. Oh my God, they're doing this in Alabama. Nah, we're not doing football this year. Madden is the only football we're getting this year. That's I may it. watch the NFL because I can make, I can in my head, Make a case for the NFL existing. I'm going to lose $20 an ad over it, which is horseshit. But I get it. To endanger these bodies for the enrichment of people who, the people who get enriched. It's too far for me. And if you know me, like, this is a big, like, this is not, like, a small decision. Like, this is not a, oh, he's... I haven't watched a DC movie since fucking Justice League. And I won't watch college football this season. And I've, I'm one person. I don't actually matter. But you won't hear about college football in this podcast this season. If you're here for my college football takes, there's a, there's two years, there's 200 episodes of backlog of that. Not this season. But more NFL stuff. That's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah. I'm a huge Georgia fan. I, I got started on a microphone because of Georgia football. And I'll watch zero downs. And I'll be okay with it. I'll take a box for it. Yeah. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch. And I would uh I would challenge everyone who says that they care about these athletes to 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 rethink your relationship with the sport. As it stands, and what I what I've been saying all fall is you can have amateurism or you can have college football, but you cannot have both. And the ACC, Big 12, and SEC were like, watch this. Um, Who says we most, can't? What most startling for me is the ACC. Because for years, the, lad, the, the one thing you could say about the SEC, ACC is that, hey, we're not the fucking SEC. And now it feels like, well, we're making this football money now, so guess what we're about to be? Right. Like the ACC wasn't the SEC because they weren't making the money that the SEC was bringing in. No, no, no. Clemson got no, good. Because they cast that their sport they were good at, at basketball was of a higher moral turpitude than football. And they're also those smarty art kids. Like it's Duke, UNC, where it's the schools that think they're smart. And otherwise, the SEC just got Vanderbilt. Like we also have books. And yes, I'm insulting those other schools. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Be mad. Well, yeah, but then they got good at football. And then they're like, oh, wait, it can be like this? <laughs> they saw how the other half lived. They're like, oh. oh wait, we can get an ESPN contract, too? You can't have kids. Like, NC State, UNC, they're sending all these children home after taking their uh, their their room and board money, which just, if you had a question about the naked capitalism of college football, or college in general, there it is. Right. Um. I don't know if this was on your slate, but we're talking college football and just the naked capitalism of it all. Did you see the influencer twins that got COVID? No. What? What? So, the, Ew. so there's a pair. Of, there's a pair of influencers. Um, their names escape me at the moment, but you know they have a paid deal with Baylor. You know it's a paid a paid deal with Baylor because on each of their posts it says paid for paid sponsorship by Baylor University. They were paid to come back. They got COVID. It's a really weird post about how they got COVID, but Bailey's doing everything they can to keep people safe. Tiffany saw that and she brought it up to me and she said, they can pay for these kids to go to promote on Instagram, but they're not going to pay the kids that play the sports. It's too naked. It's too blatant. Right. It's too in your face. Right there. Right there. When the numbers are leaking, LSU stands to lose $80 million without college football, then you probably should have a better way to make money than the bodies of unpaid athletes. Also, I don't believe that $80 million for a second. I think it's way it's more than that. so much higher. Like $80 million is what they're admitting to. all the bars who, are, who don't know how they're going to make rent for the next year because of those two months that they won't have the fans. Right. I know a lot of people uh, say, oh, deep almonds – you know, it's it's just kind of the business. The business is broken. Then, when I used to sit in the compliance meetings and we'd sign those paperwork, we'd always joke like, uh, "Sign away our rights for another for another year." Like that was the joke. 
That was 2003. The opening of Bomani's piece in Variety, and again, I'm not going to step on it, but it talks about how a former judge was representing a football player in an inquisition about improper benefits, and he read the entire NCAA year, uh, rule book, and he called one of the investigators and said, hey, I've done this over and over. I worked in many federal cases. I have a question here. Where are the rights of the players? The guy paused and said, it's a good question. They have no rights, they have no recourse. And if you think that them wanting to play is a reason for them to play, you're a selfish piece of shit. You know what kids want? Ice cream for dinner. You know what's a terrible idea? Ice cream for dinner. You know what's a terrible idea, Justin? Tearing up your knee on some AstroTurf, not getting the surgery, and then never having taken care of by your school. You know, it's a bad well, idea. It's play, COVID. You know, it's a bad idea playing through a concussion. You know, it's a bad idea getting shots to play so you can step onto the field. You know, it's a bad idea lying away through a concussion test. These are things I saw at Columbia where football doesn't matter. Imagine what they're doing at the schools where it does. So the, 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 and just supposing this with what's happening in the NBA, it is it's the difference between the adult mind and the mind of the child. And I have routinely said the most unreliable person in the world is a 20, 18 to 22 year old American male. And I took it back some because of the players coming together. And now I feel reinvigorated in saying that. Because these are the actions of people who and the parents, you craven monsters. My kid wants that. Doesn't make it right or a good idea. Like, I wanted how many to times has, Like, as a parent, how many times has your kid wanted something and you said, no, that's a terrible idea. You don't know what's good for you. You just know what you want in the moment. Me being the adult, I know that this thing that you think you want, eh, it's actually really bad for you. But it goes to the convenience of the, the live student athlete. Exactly. There are student athletes we want to oppress them. They're kids we want to use, we want to make decisions for them, and they're grown adults when we want to, when they agree with us, right? It's wild. Because I'm consistent. These are children who are earning your school money. I call them employees. But you can't do that because employees have rights. What to do? If student only there is a word that described unpaid labor if only you know what you know what i i don't do this every time because i assume people listening at episode whatever number this is have heard all of them but i should do this this is actually fair every podcast is someone's first podcast the phrase student athlete was born when a football player at colorado died on the field his widow said that he was owed Financial contribution considering he was acting as an agent of the school. The school invented the phrase student athlete and still adopted it. The phrase you tout to not pay these kids was invented to deny a widow money for her death of her husband. And what's crazy is that these players have power and we've seen an object lesson in that power in the NBA. And we're seeing it because the players are forcing organizations to do right. The, the Ravens released a statement this week that I legitimately had to read three times and then realize that I'm now a Ravens fan. I'm going to read it verbatim to you in case you're too lazy to click because, hey, that's what we're here for. The Baltimore Ravens released a statement from the Ravens. Excuse me. Statement from the Baltimore Ravens. With yet another example of racial discrimination with the shooting of Jacob Blake and the unlawful abuse of peaceful processors, we must unify as a society. It is imperative that all people, regardless of race, religion, creed, or belief, come together to say enough is enough. This is bigger than sports. Racism is embedded in the fabric of our nation's foundation and is a blemish on our country's history. If we are to change course and make our world a better place, we must face this problem head on and act now to enact positive change. It is time to accept accountability and acknowledge the ramifications of slavery and racial injustice. Your organization could never, though we cannot write the entire part, though we cannot write all the wrongs of our country's history, we can arrest and charge the police officers responsible for Breonna Taylor's killing and the shooting of Jacob Blake. 
demand that Senator Mitch McConnell bring the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2020 to the Senate floor for a vote, ending qualified immunity, requiring body cameras, banning chokeholds and no-knock warrants, hold police accountable in court, establish a framework to prohibit racial profiling at a federal, state, and local levels, support state and federally mandated CALEA accreditation and national standards of care and policing, encourage everyone to engage in the political process by registering the vote, demand prison sentencing reform that is fair and equitable. I, Justin, what? Yeah, got to say, didn't see that one coming. Did not see that one coming at all. Man. I, who saw that? Yeah, who saw it coming? Because this isn't one of those ambiguous, we want to see change, we want to see better, we hope love can beat hate. No, they said, fuck that noise. Here's a list. So for the what do they want crowd? Well, you got a list now. It's a pretty, it is an actionable, tangible list. Reasonable as all hell. They didn't say fire all the cops and retrain them and make them. Well, let me stop. Let me stop. They didn't say the things I'm thinking. They just said, hey, look, how about some equity? How about some fairness? How about some things that we can actually get done today? And we'll see what the world says to them. I suspect it'll be great. Um, the Houston Astros refusing to take the field, and 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 it's just, and maybe it's, and maybe I'm just being prisoner of the moment. Maybe I'm trying to unreasonably hopeful. But William Roden says that this feels different. William Roden wrote the book Forty Million Dollar Slaves. He's wrote for the New York Times for years. Everyone also, also thinks that Tamora Smith's not a very good leader of the uh, NFLPA, but that's a whole other. I'm I'm right because the people who agree with me are smarter than me. Um, you want to talk about sports for a second? Can we talk about sports for a second? Just a millisecond. Just a millisecond. NBA, it's back. The playoffs restarted yesterday, Saturday. Um, let's look at some of these conference uh, battles. We're gonna have the Bucks taking on the Heat in the second round. Talk about the first round for a second. The Bucks dismissed the Magic. Obviously, the things that happened in Game Four happened in Game Four or Five. Excuse me. Um, magic is the Magic. They get to go home to Orlando, so I guess just leave the bubble. The Heat. They took out the Pacers. Was it the Pacers? Yeah, it was the Pacers. God, it didn't matter. The, the Heat looked really good. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup there, just because the size issue that they've got inside to be able to sustain Giannis is real, and we'll see if they're able to keep up. Um, if if the Bucks supporting cast and keep up if Giannis can carry the weight that I think he can I think that I've always thought that the Heat were going to miss Hassan Whiteside more in the postseason than the regular season and mm-hmm. I think this matchup is going to show why they're going to miss Hassan Whiteside you don't like big man on him Bam Bam has shown the the range to do the things you need to do against Giannis he's a is- up outside and he's big enough where he can't get he's not going to bully ball him I am very impressed with Bam. I like Bam. Bam is still relatively young. Bam is young. I think he's a better physical matchup on him than Hassan Whiteside was, but I think you're right. He is young. And we're going to see because we all before the, the COVID stoppage, Bam versus Giannis was must-see TV for me. And it never went like decidedly in Giannis's way. And that enough is to get me interested to watch this series to see if they can pull that off. Um, also in the East, the Raptors dismissed somebody in four. Doesn't matter. Um, but what does matter is the Boston swept the Sixers. The Sixers who fired Brett Brown, who had an amazing parting statement, very classy, very, you know, top great kind of guy, but he also mentioned that he coached 102 players in seven years. <laughs> now, I thought he was kidding. So I went to basketball reference. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't think Brett Brown's a very good coach. I want to get that very upfront. However, zero favors are done <laughs> by this shitty from office. I think that's why the, the 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 keep Brett Brown faction had an argument. 
Things like that. The argument is never why he should stay. The argument is like why they shouldn't fire him. Like, this is not his fault. None of this. I can't argue from the statement. I can't argue be like, yeah, that's why you fire him. No. 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 Right. Like, I, I don't know if he – I know he's not the solution, but I can't tell if he's the problem. Right. It's just it, – and they're going to keep Simmons and Embiid together, and they can't get rid of the Horford contract or the Tobias Harris contract. And, like, you look at them a year ago, and they had so much Ilyasova. They had uh, J.J. Reddick. They had such a variety of players to hit you with. And it felt like they homogenized this team in such a way that they were like, well, we're going to adjust to these three problems we think we have, but pretend that no one else in the league is going to change their rosters at all. And then Simmons goes down, and it's a wrap. Yeah. Speaking of a wrap, Raptor Celtics might be my favorite second round matchup. I have no idea how that one's going to go. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm taking the wraps in six. I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I can also, see that. I don't have a good gauge because, to be frank, Boston was playing a, a team that didn't exist. <laughs> There's a, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, You're they were barely wrong. standing. You are not wrong. They beat a Ben Simmons the Sixers team. What does that tell us about them? I didn't tell me anything. Right. I think it's also interesting that, that if you're done with your series and you can play, you're gonna play. Cause they're playing today, the 30th. And the West ain't finished. But game one eats bucks is tomorrow, the 31st. I think they're trying to get this postseason done as quickly as possible because they have every intention of starting the regular season <laughs> on time. Like, going, to like, going to the sports camp. Like, it's going to a wrestling camp or basketball or an AAU tournament. Like, yo, we, there are time slots. The teams that are in those slots may change based on who wins in this tournament. But the, the slots are getting filled, goddammit. Yep. And plus, they lost those two days, which was very, still very funny to me. Not funny, but I'm just glad it happened. Um, no, let's, it's go funny. let's go out west. Let's go out west. I was told by Apple Care that Anthony Davis was not enough for this Lakers team to do anything in the playoffs. I was told by Apple Care <laughs> LeBron James was old and injury prone. I was told Dollar Dame had their number. And I was told that there was nothing that they could do to make noise in the playoffs. I was also told. That by failing to get Paul George, LeBron James had relegated himself to second in the West. I was told playoff P was a thing. And I know I'm a, we're going to cover it all. Damn it. I'm not being that much of an asshole. I will be an asshole. I'm not backing down from that shit. I was told the Nuggets were good. You know what I was told? I was told that, Russ, that, that, that Chris Paul was done. The West a bunch of lies, man. Because the Lakers look pretty fucking good. The Lakers so look like, I don't see a team in the West who, if things get serious and you roll Anthony Davis to the five, that has any response whatsoever. So I would, we've talked about this before. Both my parents are Laker fans. And my mom is like, my mom's like, we're going to win a championship with a bunch of players I hate. I don't know how to feel about that. As someone who's not a Lakers fan, but a LeBron fan who's, whose purposes seem to align with these people at this time, I don't care. Ha! Get this dub. You know what I, know what I feel bad for? And I, I, I want to take a break from the playoffs, talk about someone who's not in the playoffs, who'll never be in the playoffs. Your wife's favorite team, New York Knicks. <laughs> because the rumor, the rumor is that they're hiring Tibbs. You know, they're going to. It's not a rumor. It's happening. But you know what happens if they hire Tibbs? You oh, know who's God. one of his top assistants is, right? Oh, God. Mike Woodson. No. Nick no. <laughs> Y'all about to bring Mike Woodson back into the garden. Well, he wasn't the problem when they were there. I didn't say it was the problem. I'm just saying they're bringing him back. I didn't say it was the reason he was the problem. I'm saying he's back. Oh, man. It's all very funny to me. The fact that they didn't oh. a good coach is hilarious. Don't I, don't know if he, I don't know if he's yeah, a good coach. I know he's a bad coach. That's the thing. I've seen him be very, very bad and make very, very questionable decisions. I don't I know why people think he's good. good. 
or was that Bulls team just Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah? I I think as time goes on, we're realizing, oh, Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah really were carrying that team. That was a special run because I've seen not a single coaching decision in game or out of game out of Coach Thibodeau in the last few years. I'm like, oh, man, might be underrated. No, 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 no. He is over, if not properly rated, by those of us who think he can't coach. Goodness gracious. Woo, boy, boy, man. He can't he can't manage minutes. Like we we've seen him grind players into the ground and then be upset that they have nothing left in the tank. But then you find the weirdos who like that shit like Jimmy Butler's like, what was the problem, guys? <laughs> and all you need is one. And I don't think New York's got one. No. You think it's RJ Barrett? I don't know if he's a grinder like that. Tim's style wears old on younger players real quick. Real quick. Uh, before we move on, I do want to say one more thing about the Lakers. Please, go ahead. This is a pro-Lakers podcast today. I don't know how anyone could think that a team whose tallest player is – oh, God, who's the Clippers tall? It's a center that doesn't get any minutes. Um, yes. And Joakim Noah – you think that team is going to stop Anthony Davis in seven ten, in seven games? Well, maybe they'll give Pat Bev a pistol. <laughs> maybe just arm him. Like, I don't know. I'm legit, like all, all offseason. I was like, well, Lakers from this thing. Like, I don't know, man. I'm like, you don't know. You you don't no, know. I'm looking at from the beginning of the year. Everyone's saying Clippers. I'm like, what does that team have for Anthony Davis? I, Justin, I like, I fucking, like I was fucking crazy, Justin. I felt like I was taking crazy pills. Oh, I was you, like, wait. You really think Montrez Harrell is going to stop? Like, okay. Y'all seen anything that's played basketball, right? And the worst oh, thing yeah. about the Lakers is, the worst thing about the Lakers is, when they're at their most effective to dominate you inside, it requires McGee or Howard to be on the floor, which then moves Davis to a four, which negates him offensively because now he's just a tall spot-up shooter. But when you roll into the five, you take a hit rebounding because you're not going to get anyone with size around him. But he's so versatile that the inside-outside offensive game changes everything. And I think he's such a, an additive defensively. I think you can get away with him in that smaller lineup with him at the five and so you can still avoid crowding the lane so he can do work. That's my only, my only concern is the times when they'll – when. Maybe the circumstances might dictate that Howard, just maybe people getting blow or whatever, Howard and the McGee be on the court with Davis. That's when things get sticky for me. I think that specific problem against the Clippers won't matter. It's an excellent point. It's an, but <laughs> like, is, this is a Clippers team that troubles like, against Porzingis. Who is it a problem with in the, in the West? A team that's not making it to the next round, the Nuggets. Let's talk about the two seed first. That was mean. Clippers, Mavs. Clippers are up 3-2 on the Mavericks. Last game, Paul George came out of his shell, scored a billion points. Um, I'm glad he was able to come out and talk about his mental health struggles. I think it's good and positive that he'd be honest about that. 35 the other night, 12 of 18 from the floor. But I'm not going to pretend like that playoff P jokes were just based on the bubble. They were not. Okay. We, we have like, like, like I was like, I bet you feel bad about them jokes. I'm like, I was like, I got eyes. No. Feel bad for what? It's been years of this shit. So it's I'm glad he addressed it. But I'm also I see the game of like, now you can never talk about how bad I've been in the playoffs because I was sad once. And I I'm not again not downplaying mental health. I'm really glad that he's having this conversation publicly. He's having it openly. He's having people can hear it. I know um who was that? Raja Bell was like, don't bring that shit here. Like. Roger Bell's a caveman. Like, fuck that noise. Talk about it. Go to therapy. Work your shit out so that you can be a better human being. But don't think I don't remember them other postseasons. Like, last postseason. And the one before that. And (laughs) and your entire career with the Pacers. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're going to Thread that needle of being empathetic and also realizing we got memories. But I also want to say, I was the last one on this year Luca trade. That motherfucker cold. 
I have been so reluctant to give Luca his props. I'm like, oh, I'm no. on that. Luca's I'm on nasty. That. Look, I'm on that. Look, Luca's 21, but he's playing with men. He's 16. Goddamn it, he should be. This is a fourth year. This is a fourth year player. If you very on that scale, he ain't that impressive. This nigga is impressive on every scale. Oh my god, I've seen some shit. Look, that game four shot. What one? Fuck. The Clippers are. The Clippers are struggling against the Mavs. They, they struggled against Kristaps Porzingis. They struggled against Kristaps Porzingis. I'm going to say this again. They're struggling with Kristaps Porzingis. And y'all think this team can hang with Anthony Davis? Okay, anyways, off of that now. Off that. That shot Luka hit coming off of that injury, I was like, my, like, one, Kawhi, you let Reggie handle that? Pop so it looks like, so I watched Pop that like Reggie better than basketball that. more than me. It looks like a certain playoff consonant in here missed the first switch. And that's why Reggie's on him. Okay. I've seen that exact same thing happen on the Spurs when we had Danny Green and Kawhi. You know what happened every time you missed the first switch? You run and cover immediately. We always do that. He's done that before. Danny Green's a better defender than Paul George. And Kawhi probably trusted him more. I think now that those two are separated, we're seeing that the reason why they both were such good defenders is because they had each other. They, the, yo, there's two of them. Yes. You could, you could, you could gamble because I know my man's got my back. Yes. Like, and I think Danny Green's been fine for the Lakers. I wish he'd hit more threes. Um, but defensively, like, he's not what I thought he was going to be, but he's still – he hasn't fallen off as far as I thought he had the first part of his Toronto run. Right. I thought it was done done. And he picked it up at the end of the season in the playoffs, and he's been barely consistent since the bubble defensively. I've, I've been enjoying that, watching him play. Um, also, he's got some miles on him. Yeah. I'm unafraid – like, from a Lakers perspective, unafraid of the Clippers. Another team – two teams I'm unafraid of. The Jazz about to, to night-night the Nuggets – what happened here? What should have happened to the Nuggets last year? Just finally caught up to them against a better team? Because the, the Jazz are just doing to them what we did to them. We just, they have better players than we do. Is this Jazz, but the Jazz isn't sustainable. No, it's not sustainable, but it's enough to get rid of Denver. It is enough to get rid of Denver, and that's well, then all. What does the Jazz? Okay, so then what does the Jazz do against the Clippers? What's between Jazz Clippers? Oh, Clippers are going to get them out of the paint expeditiously. If Rudy Gobert had one iota of offensive game, but he doesn't, <laughs> right? Like that—that's the problem there. That's Rudy Gobert is an offensive liability. Lifelong if of Rudy Gobert. That's a good point. Uh, last series, so we're cooking Rockets over Thunder, um, three-two right now. Um. Baby ball ain't working, baby. So I expected it to work against the Thunder because who are the Thunder? But I forgot that Chris Paul is a mini engine of hatred. He hates everyone so strongly. His hatred is willing them into the series. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is why Chris Paul needs to go to the Hall of Fame. He is so much better than he has any right to be. Because he got Atlanta flashbacks the city and just like, I'll do everything you say. Like, I had forgotten that Dennis Schroeder was like actually really good at basketball. It's because he was a hawk. Everyone forgets. Once you're a hawk, everyone forgets. Well, damn. You think I can't well, believe damn. it? How do you think looking at Luca? How? Why do you think it took me so long to be honest about Luca? Well, I know that's why. I just didn't want to bring it up. I thought we you know we're having a nice conversation. I didn't want to no, force something. Nice conversation because Trey Young's fine, but I could have great. Yeah. Like, Trey Young's fine. He's fine. He's an exciting guard you can go see on a Tuesday at, at, at Phillips. He'll be an all-star for his entire career of great highlights. 70-point games in a 7,310 uh, 7, loss. <laughs> can, the Rockets, can, can the Rockets knock out the Thunder, you think? You think it's over? I had the Rockets picked going into this. Now I'm not so sure. 
I have well, no idea. I mean, you look at the you look at game five was pretty decisive. One eight one fourteen eighty. The Thunder. It's when they get tight that I think it goes for the Thunder. It's just can the Rockets come out and kind of just bomb on them like they like they need to? I think if the Rockets can leave out to a big lead, it's over. But this Thunder team doesn't quit. Like that Chris Paul, the powered by hatred is the best way to describe Chris Paul. He is Darth Maul. <laughs> In know. every sense of the word, he is Darth Maul. <laughs> His Kenobi is James Harden. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I accept this and I actually pretty much enjoy it. I. <laughs> they've worked together in the past to stay alive against common foe, but more than anything, they do nothing more to destroy each other. I, yeah, I appreciate that. That's good. All right, so we've talked sports. Now, we're going to close this episode with not sports again, but it's so sports because when you heard the story, you could just shake your head because no one was surprised. The Washington football team story continues to get worse. I don't mean on the field. I mean the investigation of the allegations of sexual harassment during Daniel Snyder's tenure as owner. Um, lawyers representing more than a dozen former employees of the football team requested an independent investigation of the allegations and that the owner, Daniel Snyder, be suspended pending the outcome. For those of you who don't remember, originally this was a story, what, a month ago? Where some uh, one name source and a lot of unnamed sources levied allegations against the team. The team came forward and said, we're going to be doing an independent investigation. During that time, they've changed the team name, and they've also um, hired their first black presidents to try to clean up their image. The first black president is also from McKinsey, a name you remember because Pete Budiak had to answer for his association with them. If you don't know who McKinsey is, they're a consulting firm who comes in and says, here's how you should fix things. Here's how you cut costs. Here's how you make more money. We don't take credit for anything. We don't take blame for anything. Don't use our name to prove we did anything. We were never here. Any company that works that way, you have to ask questions about. Anyone who becomes the vice president of a company that way you have to ask questions about. And so while the hiring is symbolic and exciting, it does raise more questions, as does the continued reporting with numerous named allegations, including those against directly against Daniel Snyder, saying he cultivated an atmosphere of fear at all times. If he was to be walking towards you, you not to look him in the eye. It was always Sir or Mr. Snyder, never Dan. It was, um, which is just an old school thing that I so internalized that I did actually see a problem with it. I was like, well, yeah, that's the boss. And so, yeah, that's how that's how ingrained a lot of this shit is in a lot of our society. It's the idea that we've never asked why are certain things the way they are. And the answer of, because that's how it is, is never going to be good enough. But um, yeah, this is not going to go well. Like, honest to God, how does he still have a team? The only way, because if this was any other league, they would have looked at him as a liability to the league at large and said, we can't make money as long as you're still here and we have to address this every week. We have to get rid of you. Right. Like the naked capitalism of it all says you have to get rid of him. He's a liability. But those owners look at Dan Snyder and say, well, he's not doing anything that I'm not doing. It is. There's because, like, again, the so naked capitalism of it all says. But until his name is tied to it, it was an in-house embarrassment. It was one that they had effectively put a lid on because no one was talking about this because I was the outraged that they were investigating themselves, but no one else seemed to give a damn. So I guess it kind of worked until now more people are coming forward saying the names, saying their own names. And Rod Rivera is saying that they take these allegations seriously. He's also the guy who gave a game ball to Jera as he was being forced out for his sexual misconduct in the workplace. So consider your sources. I, he's, he's got to go. He has to. A week if after for, you hired Justin, Jason Wright. He has to go if for no other reason than when they try to have their season opener, this is going to be the first question everyone asks. And like also the, the lawyers have also asked that Goodell require Washington to re- release former employees from NDAs and ensure Snyder takes no punitive action against those who participate in the investigations. Good. If it can be destroyed by light, destroy it in the light. What the fuck? Like so a year and a half ago, the story broke about the chewers and all the stuff that happened on those calendar shoots. And now yeah. that the nude shoots were being cut up for Dan Snyder. 
and then he was telling the women to go back to the hotel room with one of their their their, their donor with that like and i get that some people are going to be cynical enough and I, I, there's a part of me that feels it fight the cynicism urge really consider the things you're hearing about this really think about this yeah it, it's it's astonishing that every time this story comes up another layer gets added to it and it's infinitely worse than what we previously heard because that story a year and a half ago is terrible and then we get the story that dropped i believe it was a month ago now mm -hmm. and then this it's like this and you know this isn't it there's more to it a 2017 email sent by julie Calmendez, the team's only human resources employee at the time. This is an internal email. It has been requested that, if at all possible, females are not present in any football players while the players are there. She told the Post that senior executives wrote the email and that she distributed it. 25 women have come to the Post about this. This isn't the story that's going away. The only, the only logical thing to do, not even from a moral standpoint, because I don't expect NFL owners to act no. from a moral position ever. He is a liability to your league. You have to get rid of him. Because if you don't, all of you are going to have to answer for this. Because eventually the question is going to be not just what Washington team football is doing, but what are the rest of you doing and why are all of you so silent about it? It's a great question. Like how, how long ago was it that Jerry Jones got hit with his own scandal that just kind of went away? Right. Remember when um Ursi got caught with the money and the pills? Jim Harrisay got caught with i believe it was twenty thousand dollars in cash pounds of pills in bags he was either buying or selling we never found out which yes Maybe a little bit of both <laughs> that he did rehab for like a week and they said okay well cool i'm done we're done with this next next topic it's wild yeah in this country's obsession with return to quote-unquote normalcy at the altar of what some money some fun i commend the nba players for saying you don't get your fun what was the quote that's floating around everywhere um sports the reward of a functioning society we don't have that right i'm real curious to see what the nfl players do I don't think this is the same. And this is the same week where Goodell's like, sorry for not listening about the kneeling. Fuck you, Raj. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do next. Justin, tell everyone they can find you. Thank you for joining me. I can do this by myself and just be angry for an hour, but I'm glad you you texted me. I'm glad we got to link up and talk about this with someone else because it took me out of the uh, – it didn't let me be angry the whole time. I appreciate that. Hey, I, that's what friends are for. Happy that you responded in the let me come on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at LJ90. You can check out the podcast at Three Fruits Podcast. Search for us everywhere except Spotify. Um, and I want to thank you for also chipping in for helping us fundraise for Brave Space Alliance. Uh, I really enjoyed the mini character quarters you were doing with Spider-Man. <laughs> that, that was incredibly interesting if you guys ever do that again like that's again my first time ever engaging in streaming i don't watch people play video games i've never been watched playing video games unless you count my wife as a captive audience um that was fun i would love to do that again i know um if you guys ever separate stream again i don't think i'll do it for myself for fun but for you guys i would love to uh i will keep that in mind this is definitely something that this isn't, I know Aaron doesn't want this to just be like a one-time thing. So right. um, 
we'll see what he has lined up next, and we will definitely let you know when uh when we decide. Man. I do appreciate you uh, being on again. Thank you for letting me know about that. Thank you for everything you've done as far as exposing me to things I would not have known about. So that was a lot of fun. Guys, thank you for listening. I'll be moving for the next week, so I'm not sure what the output's going to be, but I'll try to sneak something out there for you guys. We'll definitely be back, if not next week, but the week after. That was your show. This is your outro. See you guys next week.